Warning, the following episode of Orsini's Uncensored Mind contains explicit language and adult content. The thoughts and opinions stated on the show are reflective of A.J. Orsini and his guests exclusively. But seriously, guys, the show's called Uncensored. If you got a problem with bad language, I really don't give a shit. Today, boys and girls, Dave's in the house. He's here. He's here. <laughs> Rid yourself of all doubts to see if Dave is in the house. And so is your boy, your host here, AJ Orsini, with another road. We're on the road. I was going to say another episode, but we're, we're closing that up soon. Uh, very, very sharply. It's already 9-10. It's already September 10th. We are one month away. We're on the road here to the end of Orsini's Uncensored Mind. Not to sound down on the opening salvo here, but we I want to keep everyone focused on the task at hand. All hands on deck for the next month or so. I'm here with Deceived Dave, as mentioned before. And today is an episode, man, but we had a yin and a yang episode here today. Half of this show will fill me with great joy and glee and excitement mm. and uh, the other half will fill me with such shame glee and disappointment and excitement. <laughs> oh, okay. with shame and disappointment mm. and i'm gonna toot my own horn a little bit toward the end of this goddamn episode because you know, what is it uh, remember independence day with randy quaid when he was uh beginning of the movie he was like some drunk air pilot everyone kept making fun of because he kept talking about aliens and getting probed and whatnot Mm -hmm. and then the aliens came and he looked over his son i tried to tell i told you didn't i miguel i I said it i said it didn't i I said it the moment where a guy becomes the craziest person in the world to Uh the smartest guy in the room zero to 100 (laughs) it's amazing how your brain perceives someone that way if i had the time i i dedicated a full hour trying to go back and i wanted to find the exact clip where i pretty much prognosticated this was going to be a fucking issue and what's this this being and i want to save this i don't want to start the show with this negativity okay, but i will enough. i will answer the question in saying the situation with the aw and the evps and forget punk for just a second and just talent in general and how those waters should never mix, ever. Four EVPs was an issue. It's down to three. I have a feeling there's going to be some more. I'm, I predicted it would be an issue. It's an issue. I have a new prediction 
for AEW's future, and we'll talk about that a little later yeah, on when we get to works. the AEW. I, 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 I looked into my crystal ball two years ago when it came oh, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have another vision for two okay. years from now, right. and I'm going to let people know what it is. But I do want to start off with some positivity. Something and, a little bit more fun. Yeah, something a little bit more upbeat, something a little bit more fun, okay? And I have to compliment the first person off the bat that I have to compliment on this episode is my niece. Uh-huh. Gotta compliment my niece first. Samira here is already the gift that keeps on giving to old, to old Uncle AJ here. She's given me yet another gift. Besides existence, okay? For almost two years now, mm-hmm. I have been trying to get your dusty ass in front of a television <laughs> so you could watch these fucking Marvel shows so we can talk about this shit on the show. There's a lot. And every fucking time, it's another thing. Well, ever since you've received the gift of parenthood, mm-hmm. you've done nothing but cuddle and schmooze and skin to skin and all those clinical terms with newfound mm-hmm. baby. And in the background, you've been doing your homework. Yeah, you've been fine. on some you've been on some Marvel shit. Yeah. So I have my heart like the Grinch, my heart has grown two or three sizes. That girl is already doing positive shit for my life and I have I haven't spoken more than two words to her. She's already I'll the even, gift that keeps I'll even getting. give you one more you didn't know about. Okay. I, had her, I had her last night and I watched both Raw and you know, whatever the AEW event was. Oh dynamite. <laughs> there it I is. It was dynamite or Di- rampage, but I saw both of them. <laughs> the gift the gift that keeps on giving is oh, this man. child. Now, you're ahead all of me. Three, all three hours of Raw I watched. You're ahead of me. I haven't seen Raw yet. Because you know what's funny? I'm using that to gauge. I use that. I'm starting to use that stuff to gauge, like, how much sleep they're both getting. So, mm. I'm like, oh, let me see. If I can get through Raw, then that's, that's, a, that's a pretty good nap yeah, for both of us. That's a good chunk of change right there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, she's, <sighs> she's got me. She's got me buckled down at this point. There you so I'm go. just like, all right, I can just, I can focus on this one. And don't worry, I'm folks. Sick. Sam's in the room with him, so she's getting her first exposure to the MCU here, just a little bit, just a little bit. Oh yeah, she's watching. She's watching. She got up a little bit before, uh, before her mom did, so I had her face in the the raw. She was watching raw a little bit. No, she was watching AEW with me a little bit. Mm, okay. So, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. She knows what's going on. She doesn't agree. I, I'm just so excited with Glee, but I have to I have to ask the question: Where did your journey begin? Was it Shang Chi? So, because I know Black uh, Widow, you saw in the movies. Huh? I, I remember you saying that you saw Black Widow in the movies. You had taken. Yeah, yeah, I saw. I saw Black. Yeah. I saw so, Black okay, Widow. Okay, that's the technical start of this journey. But that the, was really good. She, yeah. So I think I mentioned this before, but my wife actually probably watched that stuff more than I do. Like she, mm. for instance, so that's where it started to answer your question. She mm. randomly got the itch to watch something Marvel. No, she went on. No, we were watching. We were on Disney Plus. That's what it was. We were on Disney Plus because she watched Mulan with the baby and she watched. What was the other one she watched? with the baby? Aladdin. She watched Aladdin first. Jesus, you guys are just giving watched, her a crash course on all this. Yeah, shit. we watched. 
So we we got to give her all of her culture, right? We, gotta, we gave of her course. the Aladdin first, you know, for for her for her Middle Eastern side, and okay. then we gave her the uh, Mulan for her Asian side. You know what I mean? Okay. So we gave her a little bit of that, and while we're on there, she was scrolling looking for another movie, and they had a they have a category listing on there that says, uh, you know, the Marvel, but in let me see if I can say this word right chronological order there you go so so that so that you know you know what to watch in what order which i thought was dope that's actually really 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 smart that's how you like bait people in like oh shit i got all these movies to watch so we're looking at it and she really 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 wants to watch doctor strange but i didn't want to watch it without kind of seeing the other stuff first so when we were looking at that list i'm like holy shit i've seen almost all of this except for the one you just said, and the What If series. So we started watching, uh, what is it, Chang-Li? Shang-Li? Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi. So we started watching that. She got sleepy and went to bed. So that that's when I sent you the picture of me and her just on the couch watching that movie. That movie was just crazy good. It, it was it was good. It was a little cheesy at first. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, gave me, it gave me too much Asian like in the beginning like it was just like super like super asiany kung fu-y type style mm-hmm. movie uh but it, it got really good later and then we saw we took a look at the what if series because she wanted to watch dr strange and i said we gotta at least i was told we gotta at least watch this one first and she saw that it is not only was it animated and the end she's an anime person but there's so she's kind of a snob when it comes. To I was just gonna say, art. yeah, when you're an anime person is yeah technical term for I give a shit about the art quality. She there's certain art styles she can't she cannot stomach, and that's one of them. That 3D animated shell shaded type um it's the reason why she can't watch Ruby. Okay. She wants to watch Ruby, but she can't watch Ruby because the art just drives her up the wall. So when the moment she saw that, she was signed out. She's like, I, I cannot watch this. She's like, let's just watch Doctor Strange. I said, look, I'll tell you what. Give me one more day. I'll try to get to the important parts and we'll watch Doctor Strange. So at night, she woke up in the middle of the night. I was on the Doctor Strange what if part. So I was watching that. And then the, the next day, I, went to, I wanted to continue the what if. And she's like, nah. We're watching. We're watching Doctor Strange now. You already saw it. You saw the episode. You needed to see. We're <laughs> watching Doctor Strange. So I'm like, all right, that's fine. Fuck it. I will do it. So we watched it, and then um, right after that, we were in a groove. So we started watching the She-Hulk right after that as well. So that, right. that's, what, that's right. where I was at, right. and that's that's where we that's where we ended. Oh, <laughs> we saw another Disney movie after that. It was a bunch of Disney movies that day. So there you go, or more dizzy than Marvel, and that's fine for the age range. Yeah. So questions, okay? I got questions because <laughs> you've seen some shit now. Uh, and you said the key word when you mentioned Shang Chi. You said very Asiany at first. Started off, <laughs> started so off crazy, so Asiany, like, which yeah. is hilarious to me because I've heard I've heard a similar comparison or a similar description of that movie from other people. Yeah. And most of the time when I hear it from people, it's people who haven't read any of the Shang-Chi stuff in the comics. And I, if you have, normally when you hear movie fans talk to comic book fans and the comic book fans always go, well, it was better in the comics. You know, it was easier to explain in the comics. Shang-Chi to me is the first example of the opposite. 
don't even bother with the Shang-Chi comics. Don't even bother. Not even that it's bad. It's just, remember something. This character was created at the height of the Kung Fu craze in the 70s. And this was back when Marvel was basically an all-white writing team. So, so they basically, then that's probably why it feels super stereotype. It was it, it, I call it the Ching Chong storylines, right? Everything was Ching Chong, Ching Chong, Hang Hang. It was all the white man's version of Asian culture, okay? Right. And and when they, and even when they tried to snap that character kind of out of that and modernize and more, hey, let's get with the times type deal by making that character more influential so now shang chi is an avenger or he's a thunderbolt or something right he's o- he's always in another group or he's doing different things remember his a uh, his main nemesis in the comic book was the what was that fu manchu or somebody it was like it was the most cartoony wing chong ping kong tang chong kong stuff you can think of right and that's exactly what I so for the movies because we're living in a 2022 state of mind uh well this movie was actually made in 2020 i have, a, I have an acknowledgement on that as well too right, finish your point but well yeah, you i guess right it was that an acknowledgement. Mar- marvel decided maybe here's a thought let's put this together as a as an idea that if we're going to do a movie centered around a very Asian prominent character. Perhaps, and let's just think about this for a second, we should bring in Asians to decide how this movie should look. <laughs> it worked so well when we brought in the blacks for pack for Black Panther. Right. And we brought in right. the women for Captain Marvel. So let's see if the Asians can do an Asian movie that white people will go pay to see. And it worked out pretty good. What was your point? No, I w- I wanted to make an acknowledgement just from like kind of watching a lot of stuff okay. um, just recently. Like that that movie kind of stood out to me a little bit. How the love interest is. I, how how do you say this right? Like how do you make this acknowledgement without sounding like a douchebag or an asshole? Like she's not a supermodel. <laughs> like, I, like, I, like I'm not saying like she's an ugly person. Like that she, she may or may not be attractive to me, but like. Aquafina's all right. She's got personality. That's beside beside the point. That's beside the point. But you can't say this without sounding like a complete asshole. So I'm just going to say it. She's not a supermodel. She's not what you would typically see the love interest in a AAA movie. You know what I'm saying? Mm. But she brought something so much more to the movie. And I know this is going to sound even cheesier now that I'm thinking about it. She brought personality. To the to, like, <laughs> usually these hot chicks are just hot, right? Yeah. But she brought. I know this sounds so stupid, dude. But this what this entertainment. You're not. You're not saying anything wrong she, thus far. She, she no lies detected. Personality, this far. which in turn, and I know it's just me because I'm I'm that guy. I know some dudes are different. I started to like her much more. Like, I, if you want to talk about an attractive factor, I yes. found her more attractive towards the end of the ep- towards the end of the movie because of how dope she was. Like no. that. Like, I think it's a little ridiculous and rushed that she went from some, you know, uh, what do you call the people that take the the cars and park them? A valet. Oh, a, valet a, va- yeah. a, a valet. Yeah, she went from valet to shooting a dragon through the throat at like. 20 miles away, one shot, one kill type shit. I think she even said that or something like that. But anyway, 
I thought that was a little ridiculous and rushed, but it's a movie. It is what it is. Even that but, had its own little story, like when she was practicing and the guy was on her ass about it. And then the dragon's here and they're running out of archers, so she grabs her shit. And he's just like, all right, just yeah, don't die. Yeah, they gave her a Mulan moment. Yeah. <laughs> Fa Mulan. Yeah, they, they seriously gave but, but But, like, I, I, was, I was watching that in, the, in my brain, I guess, in my, my new dad brain. I'm like, to me, I can see that, right? Like, the, that role is supposed to go to the hot chick, right? You got this super awesome fighting, ripped six-pack ab Asian dude doing all this cool kung fu. His reward, or at least that what we've been trained to see, is the super hot, attractive girl, yeah, right? Gets, like gets that's the girl it, in the end. That's yes. how it works, right? Yeah, yeah. Right, oh, they're right. best friends. He never thought. He always treated her like a friend because she's super or whatever. And now they fall in love. So I, I'm watching that, and I'm like, I can acknowledge it because of, like, the way I grew up and the shit that I saw. But I don't know. I just had this weird moment when I saw that, and I'm like, I think it's awesome in this moment that there are a lot of young people, like babies, obviously, who don't know shit, who are going to grow up in an era where the lead could be someone like that, and it's not all depicted in one way. So they can see the person with the really cool personality who knows how to drive cars and be the getaway person and care about the person. And then it turns into something better later rather than being hyper-focused on her looks and wearing belly shirts and doing the weird angles where you see the boobs first that go up to the face and stuff like that. And <laughs> I think I saw that. <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking yes, about. Yes, I do, of course. And, 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 and I, th- I saw it in a couple I can't recall this one specifically I remember because we we are just we're talking about it now but I've seen that in quite a few other things as well where it's like she's not unattractive she's just like for a movie for Hollywood you expect something else and then I just found myself like yo she's dope he's dope at the end of the movie I'm in love with both of them I love that they're together now and I can't wait to see more of them later. Like their backstory together was they developed them so well to me that I just can't, I can't wait to see more of them later down the line those two together. So here's what I can here's what I got really excited for. Now they have announced officially that there is going to be a sequel to this movie, which is dope. But here's what I really love. And this has become a common theme with me with all of the new series and movies, with these new introductions to these new characters. All I can think of when I see these new characters is we're getting two hours, to, for the most part, of developing, developing them as characters and giving you an indication as an audience member of what these people can do, right? And in a two-hour form, sometimes you can lose track, right? It, it's either really good or really bad. It's whatever, subjective. But what I look forward to the most with these new characters is I cannot wait to see how the next director, when we get to the Avenger movie, and all of these people are in it, as good as a two-hour Shang-Chi movie is, I can't wait to see what they decide will be Shang-Chi's best five minutes. Like, how sick... Is it going to be if we have like this big battle, it's a bunch of things going on, all of a sudden Shang-Chi is being asked to do something real. We need you to shut that shield down and he gets into the room and there's like six niggas in there. He just cracks his neck like, ah, all right, let's go. And how dope is his scene going to be cutting back to She-Hulk throwing this nigga through a portal and here's the new cap with his wings effing people up, Ms. Marvel through the fucking thing. Oh my God. 
I'm having an aneurysm in my head. This is gonna be great. Right. I can't so wait. I can't far, wait. I, can't I like. Wait. I, I like. I like what I'm seeing. Yes. I like what I'm seeing. I'm really excited. I see. I see quite a few people, kind of. I guess not so excited. Like you, That's fine. you're in touch. You're in touch with the streets a little bit more. Yeah. Than, ears. Than my I. ears to the ground. Your yes. your ears to the ground a little bit more than I. What are people's thoughts on this phase so far? Well, here's the thing. I'm I'm going to answer that question, but first I'm going to preface it with this. My family and my friends, okay, all of my family, including you, my wife, my sisters, uh, very close friends of mine also are in this specific bubble. You guys, for the most part, you have social media, but you don't, air quote, do social media. So, like, it's very limited what's on your actual social media. So like, and that's how, and that's purposeful. I think sometimes with you guys, like you just, it's too much shit going on in there. I don't I really think give a Lily fuck. Lily made my Facebook. Yeah, exactly. So like, I, I, I don't know why. Now that you say that, I don't mean to cut you off. Yeah. Now that you say that, I, I, I distinctively remember. I don't, I, I have no clue why she did it, but I think she made it for me, and that's it's. Like I never even thought to make one. That's where yeah. I'm at with exactly, social media. exactly. And even though a lot of you guys have it. You don't really have people on there connected to you that would generally fuck with you in any way, right? So, like, for the most part, you always hear people, oh, social media is so toxic. Not for you guys. Not for you. Not for my wife. Not for the most part, no. Uh, I, on the other hand, not only have toxic people all over my social media, I actively seek them out. Because you're you're an animal. Yeah, because the toxic... Here's the thing. Toxic people... Are the most vocal. Oh yeah, it's the. They're gonna tell sure. you whatever is minority, on their fucking mind. It's a majority mi- minority. Yeah, good, solid, well put together. I got my shit together. Kind of people aren't really expressive on social media. They'll put a few social, you know, they'll put some statuses out there, yeah, share the some part. pictures, connect. Yeah. You know, they use this networking to genuinely network with people they want to talk to. Then there's a large. They don't have a chance to see nobody. Right. Then there's a large group of people. It's the majority, let's be honest, of people on social media who are there specifically just to fuck with people. Those are the people that I call kin and brothers and sisters. They're uh, uh, social media wise. They're the ones who are all over all of my pages Instagram, Twitter. Fuck it. I got the most. I pride myself on having the absolute most toxic people on planet earth on my social media but here's where it the coin flips because i personally am in control of my toxicity meaning i can get barraged by the negative i've been called every name in the book i've been called Yeah, you're not the type i know what you mean yeah the type of person to get overwhelmed yes i i i take some sort of joy yeah i get a sick perverted joy out of it a little bit to be honest with you whatever i do shows whenever i go to shows whenever i ring announced or commentated or i've been cursed out while commentating live on fight tv while i'm commentating Life flex. Yeah, about how "quote unquote" terrible my commentary is. I take joy out of the fact that it was drowned out by all the positivity I was getting. <laughs> For every ten, there's two. Guess what I that's always a, tell that's people: that's a strength of yours, by the way. Yeah. 
So that's yeah. a lot of people actually experience that, but that one voice kills them. Yes, exactly. So, I take so quite. I take have, a lot of joy in it. To be honest with you, you have a very good you. talent with that. Yeah. So <clears throat> the the way that that helps me to go back to your question about how do people feel about this type of thing, I can read a hundred statuses in a row, and maybe comment on two. But let me tell you, when I on the two that I comment, I'm dedicated. I've made time for this. If I've commented, I'm ready to go. I'm so if you if you comment back, it's going to be an issue. <laughs> so to answer your question, how are people really feeling? I can encompass all of Phase Four into a very simple description of how people are experiencing this. I would like to say it's thirty seventy somewhere around that percentile thirty who are enjoying it for what it is and taking the ride and getting introduced to each character individually and taking those stories and kind of back-pocketing. Because everyone knows where this is headed. This is the formula now. We know what the formula is. We've seen it executed. So if you can take joy in the single movies, if you can take joy in a Shang-Chi, if you can take joy in a, you know, Eternals, if you can, whatever... I and need then, to watch Eternal still. And then if you could take joy in the series, a WandaVision, a low-key series, right? If you can follow the bouncing ball and take the ride, that's about 30% of the fan base. The other 70% is experiencing what I like to call endgame syndrome. And what I mean by that is that from Iron Man 1 to endgame, which is what they were calling the Infinity Saga, there was there wasn't a single misfire. All right, you can take some subjective movies. Well, that movie wasn't good, or that movie wasn't good. People point to Captain Marvel. People point to I would point to Thor Ragnarok. There's Iron Man two, right? There's movies in between where people go. Guardians of the Galaxy was one for me. Okay, it, right. It just detaches me from like, I guess it's it's too goofy in a series that can be kind of goofy but somewhat like this is serious business. And that's a perfect example because on the other end of the spectrum my that's my wife's favorite one out of all and, of them. And she what, could watch Guardians all day. Beauty, and that's where I that's where I stand. Right. Right? I'm I stand on top of the fact that I don't like that, but if you look at this at an eagle eye puzzle, it, it there's a reason for it. There's a reason why it's what some of the most watched movie in the world, there's a reason why your favorite portion in the big mass movie has five minutes and every little piece has five minutes because it's there to entertain over 100 million people who all have different tastes right. or diehards at this because that serious movie that you really like, well, that funny movie, someone loves that movie. Yeah. Like that Thor Ragnarok is someone's number one movie. Yeah, I know it's everyone's my, laughing it's... at that, but it's the truth. Yeah. Someone loves that movie. Someone lo Someone is only in this theater to see Guardians of the Galaxy for yeah. the five minutes. Yeah, and so. that would put you in the 30%. Because the 70% will sit here and tell you, not Gosh. ask, not ask, not get your feedback on. No, no, they no, will no, tell no. you, this movie sucks. And you should think this movie sucks. And if you don't think this movie sucks, you're a garbage human being who yeah. shouldn't be alive. I hope mm -hmm. your children all die early and you have to bury everyone. I hope Absolutely. your grandmother gets fungi in her labia. It's all kinds Ooh. of goofy shit.
It's the labia. Every yeah, time. it's the labia. Every that's usually the first to go. That's why I, I went with that. But that's exactly where people say you want to talk about. Well, how do people feel about Phase Four? The reason why I call it Endgame Syndrome is because from Iron Man One to Endgame, they told one consecutive story, and that the way that they did that was new. That system was new. That formula, it had never been seen before. No movie franchise has ever done that like that. They did well, something that's different. That's unfair, though, because they didn't know what they were doing either, to be fair. At the beginning, they didn't, no. They didn't expect Iron Man to pop off the way that it did. No. They, this whole universe thing. See, we're accustomed and used to this right now. This being a fully structured, well thought out, right. years into the future, multi phase system. Yes. Iron Man was just a standalone movie. Yes, it was. So was the whole cast. And then another movie came out, and it popped. And they're like, "Holy shit!" I remember, I remember uh, Joe, my friend Joe, was playing Final Fantasy, and he was talking to everybody in a party. They were playing, they were playing in a party, and they were talking about the new Marvel movie. I forget which one it was, but they were talking about the. It's a long time ago. I think it was like an Iron Man or something. And they're like, yo, we're heard we're, they're doing more Marvel movies based on the comics. And one guy in there was like, it'd be dope if they did a Thor movie. And everyone, he remembers it. He says, though, everyone in the party was laughing like, Thor, ha, who fucking cares about Thor? Right? Thor is stupid. No one cares about that shit. And then next thing you know, there's an end credit with Thor's hammer in the ground. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. No one would even fathom a Thor movie. Who the fuck is Thor? No one, no, unless you're a geek, you don't know these people. Yeah. Now it's this full multi-branched out, thought out system and let's connect the dots and where is this going to go next? Yep. Dude, it was just a movie. Mm-hmm. So phase four, that's unfair because yes, this may seem a little bit more structured and people might not like the way that it's going and they like how fresh the other one was but it was fresh because they didn't even know what the fuck they were doing and that's where the and that's where the thrill is gone from because yeah. at that time when you introduced like you said who cares or the other side of it was how like when captain america was discussed yeah. how the fuck do you do a captain america movie cuz you already did iron man you already did hulk you've set a precedence you're in this timeline Cap was frozen 70 years ago, and then he comes back. So how the fuck do you pull that off? And they did it. And then Thor, they did it. And then the uh, all, the ultimate conversation, could we do an Avengers film? Well, how would you do that? You'd need every character in there. Are you going to recast? Are you Which which I know people, it sounds stupid now, but when they were first talking about the Avenger film, remember, this was right around the time that Ed Norton Jr. was having an issue with Marvel about the way that, that movie was handled and his creative freedom with that and da 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 and there was a conversation they may not even have a Hulk anymore. We may need to recast, which is what they did. So when the when the Avenger movie was first being discussed, people were like, are you recasting everyone? Like how do you do an Avenger movie? And then when they found out all the characters, except for Ed Norton, was coming back for an Avenger film in one movie. We're going to put all these characters together in one film. It seemed unfathomable. Now it's Tuesday. And I think that's where the problem is. They told a story from the first Iron Man to Endgame. And they if you watch Endgame back, it's a heartfelt goodbye. They said goodbye. The characters in the movie got their endings. And I always tell people, and this, I still believe this to this day, the end credits was the ultimate goodbye. 
They named every actor they could in the Infinity Saga. Then they gave the big six their little moment at the end <laughs> with the signature. And then uh, when the end credits, when the credits were over, there was no end credit for the first time in MCU history. Just the sound of Tony beating his hammer in his garage, uh, creating that Iron Man suit, and that's how it ends. That is as solemn, that is as peaceful an, an end to a story as you can get. And it took 11 years to tell that story. Mm-hmm. Now you're asking the same people who are 11 years older, who've seen every trick you had in the bag, who has seen tremendous acting, tremendous storytelling from the source material to movies, and it all worked. We're talking a billion-dollar industry now, and then you looked at them and said, here, come enjoy Black Widow, which you know is going nowhere now because we already killed her. Come see Shang-Chi. Come, come see a kung fu movie involving Marvel. Come see The Eternals. It'll be like Guardians in the space, except not funny or no music. It's hard for these people to be like, come see WandaVision, where we're not going to explain anything to you till halfway through the season. They were building up Wanda to be the biggest villain in history because that's what she was in the comics. But if you know Wanda only from MCU... You only know that she's just been a struggling young woman trying to figure herself out. <laughs> and that's so weird because, like I said, my wife kind of just recently went on a binge. She watched all of the the she watched the um, Avengers and all that stuff, Endgame. Like she she's also watched all that stuff recently, like yeah. really recently. And I'm sitting here and I'm looking. And I'm like, wow, they, like so like looking at Wanda and in, in the Avengers is just like or the, the yeah the, those movies, and I'm just like. Man, she was just some like weird character, and yeah. they de- they were able to develop her and change her to now. When I see her in that older movie, I'm like, "Oh, that chick is serious." You know what I mean? And then she's probably not even like, I don't know. I think they did a really good job so far. Phase four, I'm I'm with it. I like the movies. I like the changes. I also understand the fact that if you go back, like you said, eleven years ago, the culture is much different. So I think that's another huge shell shock. It's, it's one of not just different. I, They're the ones who changed it. No, but I mean, I mean, the culture in general, like life Society. is different. Yes. So the, I think a lot of those people 11 years ago, again, I see things differently. I try not to internalize everything and how I feel because I'm not different. Like I look at the screen, like I said, and I'll, I'll say it like, hey, Where's the hot chick in this movie for the guy? Like, that she's not here. Who's this girl? But most people will lash out and be like, oh, this is stupid because of stuff like that. Me, I'm like, okay, I like that it's different. I like that it's something new. And as you watch this stuff, you can see the influence of today in these movies. Yeah. And I think that could be a big part of the reasons why a lot of the people are just not digging it because that's a huge problem within itself right now people not liking the you know the, the female lead roles the all female stuff talking about female stuff right like yeah like back in the day if you had a gay rapper or a female who was a lesbian who did music what did they do they sung about being with a guy a girl if, if you were a guy you were singing about a girl if you were a girl you were singing about a guy even though you don't like that you're you're gay. You're a lesbian. Why aren't you singing about lesbian gay shit? Why, why are you singing be, about, oh, I'm in be love? Be more gay. 
scary when you're a girl and you're clearly a lesbian, you're you're out about your lesbianness, but yet when you sing and in your music videos, you're singing to a guy. Like what culture are you trying you know what I mean? That's not yeah. the culture anymore. You have rappers out there, gay rappers talking about sucking dudes off. Like it's the it's real life, and to me, that's the way it's supposed to be. If that's the life you're about, that's the life you're about. It I may know, not be but for that's, me. That's another thing that these movies are participating in that drives people nuts. And they're that's, shattering and that, all that. And it, and it shouldn't drive you nuts. It's it, life. But it's going to drive this generation Absolutely. of people nuts. Absolutely. until It's a generational thing. Their kids will think this is normal, but this and is not how they the grew up. I was, and that's the point I was trying to make, that I think that it's really dope that my kid is not going to feel the way I feel when I see that on the TV. Like, my initial reaction is, hey, what, what, where is the thing I'm used to? If I can make it as general as possible. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Where is the thing that my eyes deems as acceptable because that's what I saw all my life? Where is that? Yeah. You know what I mean? And she's not going to have that with this stuff. She's going to walk into Target and see the different shape women models over the clothes. So she doesn't really feel so bad about herself if she doesn't look away. She's going to look at a lead role like this and see, hey, that girl may not be, quote unquote, the most attractive girl in the world. She's not like the most shapely person. She's got a butt lift. She's, she's literally a girl you would probably see at a bar. And I know that sounds insulting, but we're talking about Hollywood. Right. So when, when, when you see someone on the big screen that you could feel like you could literally meet at the bar, it makes these girls, these younger girls, feel like, whether it be um, consciously or not, that this stuff is achievable. Mm -hmm. You don't have to look away to have a big part in a Marvel movie. You just yeah. have to be cool, have a good personality, and work hard. And that's the thing that I see coming from this for the most part. I know there's a lot of bullshit that goes gets weaved in between it, but that's what I, my eyes ultimately see. So when I look at this, I go, damn, this is dope that my kid is going to watch this stuff and see different stuff that I saw that was way more like it's, it just seems like there's it's more fair now like you have way more opportunity today than you did before that's how I look at it when I see that stuff but I know people get fucking pissed off when they don't have their Megan Foxes as like the lead person yeah do you, you um I wanted to expand on that you you, you know it, this all is leading down a, a particular path storyline wise with these characters or the different things but what they're mm -hmm. doing in their own entities is showing you more personality than probably will be used later like how much development that we get from Shang-Chi that was just to tell you who he was as a person when we see him again it'll probably be in a much more high intense situation you're not going to get a chance to expand on that that much unless he gets his own other movie again which we know now now for sure has been confirmed, but in other situations, like let's take it back to She-Hulk for just a second and all this bullshit with the twerking, right? There are a lot of people who are complaining about this show. Remember what we talked about earlier, me, ears to the ground, and I can confirm with you there are a lot of people who bitched about the twerking scene and didn't see the twerking scene. 
didn't see the episode, has no idea where it was, how it was used, what was the point of it, nothing. It's being screenshotted and they shared. They just, she screenshotted and shared, that's it. Then you tell someone it was an end credit. That was built up literally throughout the whole episode between the two characters and the twerking thing was just a dance thing, that's it. How many, and like other people were bringing up, how many dance scenes have we seen already? And then earlier in the series, there was some sort of comment that she had made about when they were going, I think it was episode one, when her and Bruce were having a conversation about anger issues and controlling your anger and having anger trigger your transformation. And she was going through the whole diatribe about being a woman and being catcalled and this, 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 that. And then she does this working and here are these fucking neck, neck beards on the internet just talking about, well, she didn't want to be catcalled, but then she does this. If a woman is bare butt fucking naked, slathered in butter, sitting on the corner with a cigar in one hand, a beer and a gun holster on the side, and a plate of fucking a full rack of ribs, you can't catcall her, you fucking moron. I don't understand what's lost about. Well, it's, she's shaking her butt. That means I'm obligated by law and humanity and morality and ethics to make her feel like a piece of shit. Them is the rules. I, you know, I, this is what it is. If a, if a woman is dancing and she happens to move her ass in the course of dancing, she's clearly a whore. And <laughs> should she be treated as such is what I'm saying to you. And they post this shit on the internet like a flex. Like he's preaching to people. And people buy it because because there's others who believe that culture. Well, there's a, a and, and men and women comes, who believe comes, that. So I like to I, I see it. I'm watching. I see this as the I like to call it the last hurrah. There are oh I know uh, where you're going and that's beautiful. Yeah, there, last hurrah. There yeah. is there is a culture of men who mm-hmm. are out there. I call me. <laughs> it's funny. It's a it's a running joke in the house. We call it Alpha. I have a I have an alter ego. It's called Alpha Dave. All right. And there's and <laughs> gonna get a sneak peek into this, folks. It's it's, it's so it, it's grown into its own thing so much in the house that she actually bought me V-neck T-shirts. So when I go Alpha, I put my V-neck T-shirt on. <laughs> I put my hands together. And I started talking some file shit. <laughs> like, it's a culture out there is of these younger kids, teenagers, and people that um, I don't want to say that they lost their mind. They're just in a place of being influenced. I don't want to say they, they've lost their mind. So now, yeah. so now, so now that you you have these people who are being told that you know they they. Women are possessions and tell her to shut the fuck up. And I make the money, bitch. You shut up. You don't, you make me food. You... Bro, I feel bad for these kids because that's not how life works. Uh, I know it worked that way at one point in life. But be honest with you, it didn't gonna... work then either, but go ahead. I mean, you o- it only did, it only worked. Because there were no other options. Yeah, and a lot of those women ate bullets because of it. And they had nowhere to go, and it is what it is. Now, I know men don't like to hear this, but they don't need you in a sense, in the sense of the fact that if you're going to be a prick, she doesn't have to stay with you. She can go do something else. She may not want to. See, she needs you, or we need each other in a sense of, you know this life shit is hard by yourself and mm-hmm. it's nice to have that person there 
at, you know, waiting for you to come home and whatever, then you can do that shit too. But most people aren't mature enough to handle that shit anyway. But they, we live in a world now where women don't need us in that manner so that you could just be a prick. They do everything and you go make the money. And there, there is a culture of guys out there right now that are making money off of these people who are just looking for that to be manipulated by these quote unquote alphas. And it's just a, it's just a whole culture. And these, these are the guys that are getting pissed off about this She-Hulk shit. Don't get me wrong. Like I, I, it can be written a little bit better. It, it threw me off when she started looking at the camera, like some Deadpool shit or the office stuff. Like that, that's what I saw. And I'm like, I love when, when, when people do that now, it's the Deadpool thing, but go ahead. Because no, he's not the I only saw, one who's ever I, done that, but okay. I saw it as an office thing. Oh, there like you go. When I first saw it, I thought the office. Okay. Because that's where I where I got where it's not more. It's more. It's not like the only reason why I said Deadpool. I don't know why. I don't even know why I said Deadpool first. It's Deadpool is Marvel, isn't he? Yes, he is. Yeah. So uh, maybe that's where my brain made the connection. But my initial feeling from that was okay. That's very office like. He, he he. That's like that reminds me of the office, but. I didn't get that vibe when I started watching the show. She just randomly started looking at the screen. She did it episode one. I know, but it wasn't like a documentary thing. Oh. It was like a show. See, like the office is shot almost like as if they're following real people in an office. And they do interviews to the camera and stuff like that. So it's it's behind the idea that these guys are working in a paper company and there's a camera crew there recording them. No, so I get how the turn office in, works, yes. When they look at the office, when they look at the camera, it makes sense to me. This one was being shot like a, just a normal, like a show. And for the so, record, for all you Office fans out there, the method that the Office used was a... Not a how would you say it was a it was a modernization of the fourth wall break. They made right. they made the fourth wall break make sense. Right, right. But right. that's not the traditional way of fourth wall breaks. The way that they're doing it here is the traditional way of fourth wall breaks. And for me, mm-hmm. that's one of the things that I didn't like about it. I don't like fourth wall breaks. It's one of the reasons why I don't like Deadpool. To me, it, it, it just yikes. Okay, it yeah. takes it takes me out of it. For me, well, your opinion like, sucks and you're garbage. No, and yeah, I understand. Yeah, that. <laughs> and I understand fine. that. But, I accept my garbageness. And uh, and uh, to me, because a lot of people love that. Like my wife loves that. I love that. Like that's one of her favorite characters. One of our first. I would like. To, I would like to say it was our first date, but it wasn't really. We were still technically friends. But it was an unsaid buy between yeah, us. Look at you trying to sneak she some extra wore, time in there. She wore a Deadpool shirt and we went to New York. That was the day I was calling you like crazy, like how to get around New York. <clears throat> mm-hmm. She was wearing a Deadpool shirt. And that was the first time I ever saw her outside of work. So like without work clothes on, like just normal, normal Person, outside yes. clothes. Yeah, it was a Deadpool shirt. So she, she really likes Deadpool. I don't know. I didn't, that was, if I have a... If I have a critique, it was the one thing that was throwing me off. Everything else was I was fine with with She-Hulk. Well, before we move on to the last topic here, uh, you did finally get the hype with you before we got to four was Multiverse of Madness. What did you think of that movie? 
It was really okay. <clears throat> I feel like I was missing something. Who was the little girl? Oh, okay. So that's America Chavez. <laughs> she said it in the movie. No, they said who she was, but yes. I'm, I'm like, was she in another movie? Or nope, was this this was her debut. Was okay, because that's what was kind of throwing me. I felt like, wait, did I miss her in a movie? So explain her to me a little bit because <clears throat> I, if I'm not mistaken, some people were pissed about her too. Right. right? Like, so, I remember okay. seeing something about people being mad that that girl was whoever that was. Yeah. Okay. So, for that particular, it, there was some uproar, but it wasn't as huge. And the only real uproar criticism that I can remember seeing was the age factor. So, in the, in, in the comics, she's a full-grown woman, <laughs> A. And B, I mean, she's Captain Lesbo. She's she's the lesbian. She's LGBTQ representation in comics lesbian. So her deal is is that besides the usual superpowers that would normally make her a danger to people, she has a she's got super strength, she's got some, you know, durability issues there. She has this you know, one corny power, I guess. So she kind of has this star-like projectile. They showed it in the movie a little bit when she stomped or when she punched uh, Wanda. Where, like, whenever she uses any kind of kinetic energy, it comes out in the shape of a star. Which is odd. But it is what it is. Right. The power that they chose to really hone in on, because it made sense throughout the course of this story, is that she has the ability to travel through the multiverse at will. Right. She doesn't need crystals or portals. She just goes. And that was important to this particular story. The MCU gave her a little bit of a twist, being as though there's no alternate versions of her, which gives you the inclination that her actual origin is is just that, that she's born of the multiverse, which is what gives her her ability to travel through. I love the... What's the comic version? There is multiples of her? I'm unsure, to be honest with you, if there are. Okay. I only went with saying that it's an MCU deal to cover my ass because I haven't had a chance to make sure. I just okay. know that in the MCU <clears throat> version, they honed in on that. So that's my assumption with that. But I love, the, I love the origin of the parents because that gives her kind of her a side deal orange. to do. <laughs> well, yeah, it does signify the lesbian thing. But it all, well, to be fair, no, it doesn't because it showed two moms, but... Two moms doesn't mean you grew up to be a lesbian. She is true, one. We'll but see. it's it's the now that you, because I didn't know that, but now that you say that, that makes sense to me, right? She's younger, so I can see why maybe some weirdos might be upset. She's younger because she's supposed to be that lesbian factor, right, yeah. But they gave her her LGBTQ representation right yeah. without it putting it directly yeah. on her. Yeah, without making her a lesbian and the lesbian the, quote unquote. Yeah. Her character isn't. We know that. Yeah. But they didn't need to say that because they yeah. gave her two moms. She, um, they chose That's a younger. Cool. She, the actress herself is still an adult. She's just young. And they made her yeah. look even younger than she probably was supposed to uh, because, which, you know, she cool needs to be around for a easily, while. <laughs> you can easily show – you can speed up her aging. Yes, you can. That, yes, absolutely, so which really, was perfect. That's really cool. So that's why they went with younger because she needs to be around for a fucking while. She's an Avenger. So yep. we're going to need her at a more wise, more controlled – the movie ends with her at Kamataj learning how to control and – Honing on her power, which is great. 
which was another reason why all this Wong stuff and She-Hulk is throwing me because I'm like, you got shit to do, bro. Like, you barely, you barely survived the Scarlet Witch. Do you understand how rare that is? The, the actual burden and curse of being the Scarlet Witch. She's, she's burned and killed everyone. You're alive. And you're over here watching Sopranos. I can't believe it. Oh, you didn't see the new episode yet. Boo! But he he's he's chilling. He's doing all this stuff with uh, with She-Hulk now, and it's dope. By the way, and we're gonna move on to the next topic. Uh, you haven't seen the latest episode, so I don't want to ruin too much. But I'm I have to say this on the show. Absolutely in love with Madison. I keep hearing with that two N's name. and a Y, but it's not where you think it is. What? What? She's the best. Her and Wongers. Oh, my God. Actually, hold on a second. Let me see. If, can you? I, I need to add this to the show. Hold on a second. I'm going to show you my high school dance routine right now. Yeah. Uh, uh. Wongers. Wongers. Ticket for texting? Just say you were texting 911. They can't prosecute. That is I just want to ask you a few questions. So if you come this way, I love that. Yeah, have a seat. Over okay, there. great. This is fun. Yun, please give us extra mercy. Give us mercy, sir. I'm not sick. You can finish this if you want. I'm not sick. You gave her a drink to somebody else. Oh, she's so drunk. Could you state your name for the record? Madison King. Madison is with two N's. One Y, but it's not where you think. <laughs> Could you just spell it for us? <laughs> Absolutely, I will for sure. M A D I S Y N N. <laughs> she is the best. And I hope that Madison with two N's and a Y and her dear friend Wongers are the new power couple moving forward. Step aside, Tony and Pepper. There is a new couple in town. Cap in his last dance. Fuck all that. Can Captain Carter handle her martinis? I, I, I don't, I don't so. know. I got I gotta watch the episode, but she looks like she's captured the hearts of a lot of people already. <laughs> they love I've heard the episode came out and I literally heard nothing about that episode except for that person. I just kept seeing when Madison you first everywhere. when you first meet her, she comes off extremely I just put it like this. She's, she's not in the bubbly. Yeah, she's not in the whole episode. She actually has one scene where you, she gets introduced, this scene, which is the court scene, and there's a lot more to the court scene, and then she's in the end credit. But I feel like each time we get like a new layer to Madison like kind of already, and she's not as ditzy as you think. She's just a really nice, welcoming person who just happens to consistently just be drunk at all times. <laughs> Even in the end credit. In the end credit, she hadn't had a drink yet, but she's talking to Wong about drinks and she's trying to get a drink. It's the best. If she could just be the MCU's alcoholic lush for the remainder of all six, uh, the next three phases. I actually made a pitch when it was over. I said, can she be our new Luis? You remember Luis from uh, Ant-Man? The Spanish dude where he would re, oh, re yeah, recount yeah, 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 the story yeah. in his own little way and everyone would yeah. do it. We need her to be that. Can Whenever we have a character who's lost in what's happening, have her be the one to just drunkenly explain everything that they've missed. And to just just so we can just keep the story moving forward and we get our dose of Madison. She has a role in this. I want to keep this going. This is awesome. 
So uh, as of right now, we're recording this Saturday the 10th. Uh, this episode will re- be released on uh, September 11th on Sunday. Um, this is 2022, so it's been 21 years uh, since the events of uh, September 11th. We recorded today because of um, you had a scheduling thing. For tomorrow, you you actually head back to your office tomorrow to go do yep. what you need to go do. You're back on the grind. Yeah. Um, so it was easier to do it here today, which is great for me, too. And then um, uh, uh, we're back to our normal schedule until October 11th, which is when we'll be ending this version of Orsini's Uncensored Mind. Um, last year, for September 11th, we did like a whole spiel about that and uh so no need to you know rehash that here i only bring it up because i'm actually extra extra glad that we recorded it today because tomorrow uh we do have some plans to hang out my whole life now is work wrestling and whatever alex's friends are fucking doing yeah. Because now I have to drive his fuckhead ass to wherever godforsaken place his friends are so that he can play with his friends. So I want I'm glad we're doing it today because now I get to leave earlier because regardless of where you are in the five boroughs in New York, September eleventh is always hella traffic. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse. It's uh, always hella traffic because everyone's trying to get into Manhattan and for those who aren't uh, police, fire, ambulance, um, there's a lot of that going on here in the city because I don't know if anyone's noticed this, and I've learned this over the last few years. There's a lot of men and women who are in New York who work in those services, who work in those branches, um, who actually refuse to take that day off of work. So it's like one of the, like, like they want to work on that day specifically like a, so there's like, like a, a budget thing huh it's a, a respect thing, thing yes it's a respect thing no it's a it's for the most part from what i've been told it's more of a respect <laughs> thing because okay. remember also in the morning of every morning on september 11th um there's uh they empty out the is it the freedom tower i can't remember there's some big building that's that they use here in new york where they recreate the steps, where they have the firemen, they load up in the gear, and they walk the steps up like they did on September 11th. Oh, God. It's like a memorial thing that they do. Um, yeah. I've spoken to a few firefighters in the past who have done that, and I was very honest. That kind of creeps me out a bit. Yeah, I, my, <laughs> I don't know. That shit gave me the <laughs> To dude. them, it's like, oh, it's the ultimate respect. You know, you, you get it. They've told me, like, when you get to where where it ends up top, like, people get, like, really, like, it's quiet. Like, people get, like, really emotional and all this stuff. Absolutely. I say, yeah, but, you know, it's funny because, not to sound like a dick, but when you do those steps, yes, it's a sign of respect, and it's a very hard thing to do. That, that gear is not light. Absolutely and to not. go up that many flights of steps, I don't even think it's the full hundred. I, I just think it's—I don't remember. And they, you know, I told them I said it's—it's it's not easy to do. So I'll give you your respect on that. But to be fair, <laughs> uh, when those guys did it, uh, some of them were pretty sure they might not come back down, 
and then the rest adrenaline. Yeah, involved. and then the rest of them were pretty sure they weren't coming back down. And like, I asked him. I said, "Isn't there kind of like a darkness to that, where it's like you're walking the steps, but are you really walking in the sense of urgency?" Like, those individuals, I don't think there was a person on planet Earth on that day that ever wanted to make it up 80 flights of steps as fast as humanly possible. No. Like, I, I, I often wonder to myself, like, do you even get winded in that situation? And it's like, you just got to, like, your muscles, I'm sure, are howling at you. But I'm like, because to me, in my head, if I'm a firefighter and I got to go up 80 flights, my concern isn't just getting up. I want to get up as fast as I can so I have time to get back down. It's not just right. how fast can I get there. Because I've spoken to people who were there that day who have told me there was never a thought up until the rumble started. There was never a thought in anyone's mind that that building was going to fall down. Ever. It was never an issue. If you watch documentaries, if you speak to non-fire department, police department, like if you speak to like office people or people who were in the building... They will tell you that a lot of lives were lost that day because they stayed in the building. Yep. They no, no, never I, thought that that I building watched, would fall. Yeah, I watched a lot of that. Yeah, she, they, she's big into that. Yeah, they never thought <laughs> that that building would fall. So, like, when you do that walk, like, I don't know, are you are you doing this with a sense of urgency to it? Are you? I don't know. It's I, it can't be exactly the same, but it's a it's not geez. a matter. I don't think it's a matter of replicating it. It's just like an honor thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, so I try to stay off the roads on September 11th. It's it's a thing over here still to this day, 21 years. Um, Damn. Yeah, I know. It's whew. my sister-in-law was fucking was born August 2001. So this is, she's going to be 21 years old. This this is all she does. She's never seen the tower. She doesn't even know what that exists, what that looks like. Jeez. And and that that's a whole and she's an adult. <laughs> that's how long it's been. We were talking about it the other day because my son Oh boy, he's starting to ask questions. And we evaded for a little bit. I don't think he's ready for that yet, but we, we evaded for a little bit. But we did come up with something hilarious because I think it was Wynette, uh our youngest sister, she's making a trip up here in November and she wanted to do like some sort of tour thing. And me and my wife were laughing because we live in New York. And every time that we hear that, oh, New York is like top 10 tourist places in the country. And I'm like, to go see what? What is here? I don't understand. But that's the thing. We looked up. Me and my wife got really curious. And we were like, what's the top tourist? Blah, 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 blah. And we found this list. I think it was like 20 things to, in New York to see, must see as a tourist or whatever. Like, that's whack. That's whack. Not whack, that's but we've, we've never seen them. Like, of the 20, I think we maybe we've done five things. We've never been oh, to the Statue of Liberty. We've never been to the Empire State Building. We've never been at Times Square for New Year's Eve. We, there was, like, a list of things. That we had never done any of those things or seen any of these things. I've been to Yankee Stadium, obviously. Duh. That was on the list. There was a few things we had seen. but And one of the things uh, that was on the list was the Freedom Tower, which is the building that they built that replaced the Twin Towers. Now, to this day... I think that building got completed, what, 2008, 2007, something like that. To this day, my wife and I have never stepped foot in the Freedom Tower. However, I did ask her one day, I said, were you ever in the Twin Towers? Like, had you ever stepped into the Swiss? She said, no, I don't have any memory. I do. I had been in those buildings. I was really young, and Grandma took me for some strange reason. I don't remember. 
But I had been in those buildings before, and I had multiple opportunities through camps and whatnot. They would take trips to do the conservatory trip where they would take you to the roof of the Twin Towers and you would look down. And uh, and that was good. I was all set. I didn't need to be 110 floors above the ground. I was all good. Uh, but now, you know, having that memory in my head of, wow, I missed an opportunity to be on the observatory deck. And then I was watching TV 21 years ago, watching the observatory deck hit the floor. I was yeah. like, well, you know what? I might have made a good decision on that day. Because how many, how many people were on that deck when the building, you know, you can't even... Because that was a tourist thing. It's just like now. Now, today, they still do that for the Empire State Building. And I, t- you will never see my ass. If you were alive post-2001, you have an issue being in tall buildings now. That's just the way that it is. I'm sorry. This new generation, they didn't experience it. It's not an issue for them. But for the old people who saw what happened to those buildings, nah. I'm straight. I'm, I'm straight. I remember a big conversation happening when they built the Freedom Tower. And they were like, well, who's going to work in that building? Because remember, the Twin Towers were a combination of, of not even rebar, because that's thicker than that, but like concrete, you know, paneled glass. It was a very strong structure. And they replaced it with a building made almost entirely of fucking glass. Hmm. And I was like, I don't know if that's such a good idea because I could see a lot more injuries happening with glass than I did with concrete. But at the same time, I also think they did that because they never expected to have to clean up two buildings of that size. And that took almost two years to do. A building made of glass is a quicker cleanup, I would think. Oh, so that's kind of fucked if that's our thought process. That's what I'm saying. I was like, are you telling me that you were preparing just in case? Some shit goes down. Also, I don't know if people know this, but I think every other floor in the building, and this is true, in storage closets, there are certain secret locations. And not secret in the sense of the people in the building don't know about it, but secret as in not not easily visible. They don't have them in the hallways or like in glass cases or something. But if there's there's like certain rooms that contain materials for you know storage or whatever that you would normally see fire extinguishers blah blah blah. parachutes they have parachutes on those floors and i you know i gotta be the one to tell you that's gonna be a tough decision for me (laughs) i mean if you've got nothing left if you look down that hallway there's nothing but fire and ending then oof. i mean that that's gutsy my only fear would be is that I never used a parachute. If I was comfortable with a parachute, bro, I'm oh. out. Yeah, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. I'm jumping. Because my next, question, once, my next question with a parachute is normally when you jump out of a plane or if you hop off of a tall bridge or something, there's trees. There's open space. If I jump out of the Freedom Tower, there's just more jagged buildings in front of me. Where am I landing <clears throat> with this? The roof of another building? To the Bro, to the if, lower floor to the ground. If I can if I can soften the blow and just fall from like five stories high, I think I'll be okay. <laughs> five stories is still rough. It's, it's not a hundred and ten. It's better it's than 100. A, yeah, it's not a hundred and ten. 
But, you know, you do legit have a shot at five. I'll give it to you. You got a shot. It's going to be a painful day regardless, man. (laughs) Yeah, this, yo, that's a shitty Tuesday for real. It really is. It really is. Speaking of shitty days, we can't prolong it any further. Why are you sounding so sad about it? (sighs) Because I hate being right when it comes to negative shit. When it comes to negative shit. I hate oh, being I hate fair, being right. Fair enough. I'll give you and you and enough. you the last week when we talked about this cuz remember the shit hit the fan immediately after we recorded. Yeah, immediately, immediately after we recorded shit hit the fan. And uh your comment on last week's show stood out to me. And it was the first thing that I thought of when all of this news hit. Because my initial reaction to a fight backstage after the AEW post-media scrum, to me, I thought was bullshit. I didn't think there was a fight. Because I can't see the com- the people involved in this I sent you a message fighting. saying, like, is this real? Yeah. I don't, I don't know if this is I real. I can't see these people fighting. <clears throat> There's so many pussies involved in this. I don't think there was a fight. I don't think they would... <laughs> Go ahead. Go I don't ahead. think there was a fist fight either, to be honest with you. I no, think no, I think was... there was people going to someone else's locker room to confront them and got snuffed. I don't think there was a fight. I think they came with that energy, and the other people they came to that energy with was about it. Well, and they I weren't mean, expecting that, based on what I heard. Regardless of how many bitches were in this fight, the one thing that I took away is I want A Steel as a friend. That's a friend. He's like, no, he's gouging eyes. He's biting. He's biting skin. He's he's a street fighter. This guy and 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 you know a lot of people are gonna give punk because the 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 consensus that regardless of what version you're hearing, all versions contain that punk through the first punch. And that life. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. If I'm in my locker room, there's me and my pal. And there's just me and him. Just me and my best friend in the world. And my door is locked. And you come banging on my door. And you come kicking shit in like you're looking for a fight. Now, to be fair, Punk in that interview did say, if you've got a fucking problem, come see me. Yeah. And they came to see him. He wasn't, he wasn't talking about talking. No, exactly. See, that's what my wife thought, too. I told my wife. I said, you're not, see, uh, listen, I said this is why you're know, not a man. Okay, you need to be a man. I from. Yeah, I'm from New York. When <laughs> someone says, "Come see me," and then you come see not, me, that's an invitation that's not, accepted. It says, "Come see." That see has nothing to do with words. Yes, you I told here, I told my wife hands. the same thing. My wife did the same thing. I, I when I said that punk said, "Come see me," and they came to see me, and she goes, "Well, that doesn't mean they're coming for a fight." I said, "Babe, see, that's the thing. You got a man. If <laughs> I say, <laughs> as a man, as a man, if I say, come that's see me." Though. That's an invitation. So if you come see me, that's an acceptance. As the young kids would say, it's on site. It's on site. So if I'm in my locker room, me and my best friend, that's two people, and you come breaking through my locker room door, three people deep. Three people deep. That's three to them, two to me. I'm swinging first. I'm swinging. Because the way that I grew up, it is way better to be the one swinging off than to be swung on. 
Hey man, if you can so, knock one out early, it's a you, and which is exactly what happened because Nick was the first motherfucker to go. Because you know what, Punk threw the first punch, but Ace took the first motherfucker out. Punk swung on Matt, and when Nick went to go grab Matt, Ace said, "Boom, done, <laughs> over." Now we got a tag match. Here you know comes Omega you know? with the and then here comes Ace with the bite. My man got the I mandibles. Have a, I have a feeling that. Although they were pissed, they I don't think they expected it to go there. I think oh no, expected a shout match. No, I think, and this is my truest thought. I cannot be more honest about anything in my life. I think when they came into the room, they thought that Punk and Steel were just going to lower their heads and take the verbal beating, because they're the EVPs, they're the executives. But then that tells me they don't know anything about those they, those guys. This is the same people. They're delusional, Dave. They're delusional. These are the same people that think that Cornette's just talking out of his ass. It's shtick. It's comedy. He doesn't mean what he's saying. This is the same people that think that they revolutionized the business. Not Tony Khan's wallet. Not Tony Khan's connections. Not Tony Khan's ability to blow money for no reason, no experience, and no fucking know-how at all whatsoever. They have no idea that they lucked into a position. They truly believe in their hearts that they've revolutionized the business. They've changed it forever. They say it every time in their promos. Kenny just did a promo the other day. Our legacies in this business isn't the money we've made or the championships we won, but it's in the platform that we've given. The platform you've given? You've never given anyone a fucking platform. Tony did. And you went out there and you took advantage of that every day for three years. You were a couple of wrestlers yesterday and then the next day, you were executive vice presidents of a multi-million dollar company. No company, I'll say this again, no company in the history of business anywhere in the fucking world has ever took three people from the fucking mail room and put them on the board of directors in a day. It's never fucking happened. That's why, that's why <laughs> I said I hate being right when it's negative shit because I was looking for that fucking clip and I'm having a hard time finding it and I ran out of time. Maybe before the ending of this program, uh, uh, October 11th, I'll be able to find which episode I said it. Four EVPs in any company. Forget wrestling. In business. Four EVPs is a fucking problem in any business. I work with a school that has four assistant principals. Now, the reason for four is because this particular school has different off-sites with staff. So each principal is kind of responsible for a specific off-site. Even, so there's one for each. But site. there's one for each, and so you have very little mix. Okay, and I've seen that implode several times and they're not even working with each other. These EVPs are in the same room every day dealing with the same talent every fucking day 
And there's, I said it two years ago or three, whenever the fuck they announced that this was going to be a thing. I, well, 2019. I said it then. There is no fucking way this will work because it has never worked. And two years later, they lose Cody Rhodes. And the fucked up part about it is, of the four, if you're going to tell me, okay, AJ, four EVPs is not good, right? So who's the one EVP? Cody! Cody would have been the EVP of my choice. He's got the experience, lineage, knowledge, great relationship with Tony Khan. He was the one who was in the meetings with Tony Khan. And he's seen and experienced and worked in big business. Yes. Not business of his own accord. Cody Cody was the guy who was in the meeting with Tony Khan when discussing putting a national television product on TNT. When... Tony Khan made the announcement that AEW was even going to be a thing. It was Cody Rhodes and Brandy that were at the skybox for the Jacksonville Jaguars with Tony Khan at the Super Bowl. Cody was perfect for that role. He would take it seriously. He respects the business. He could teach the guys and the girls who haven't been on TV how to be on TV. Because newsflash, folks, up until AEW, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks Hadn't been on American TV on a, on a full-time fucking basis. Ring of Honor was on Sinclair Broadcasting, which no fucking television outside of maybe a few local cities has. And Kenny only spent time on New Japan's program, which was on American X or whatever the fuck station that was. No one saw them on TV. Unless you follow New Japan, the Bucks and Omega were on an equal level with Sonny Kiss and Joey Janela and everyone else. God damn. Because there was no other exposure to that. That's true. If you were a fan of Cody Rhodes, and let me see, who else big? Jericho, right? Jericho was signed early on. And in the first pay-per-view, the one that kicked off everything, they debuted John Moxley, or, or at that time, as most casuals would think, Dean Ambrose, right? Those guys had a following. If you took that that following and you had them watch that first pay-per-view, they didn't know any of these fucking people, including the Bucks and including Omega. But they were presented like big fucking deals. So it was easy to accept them. Okay, well, in that first pay-per-view we're talking about, Jericho was in the main event against Omega. So, okay, as my brain says, okay, so this Kenny Omega guy is a big thing. He's a, he's a big deal. You watch the match, you go, all right, all right, okay, I accept that. He's a good he's a good wrestler. He could do this, he could do that. Okay, he's he's a star. He's a top guy. You see the young bucks on that pay-per-view wrestle. Go, okay, entertaining guys. I've never seen him before, but they do some really cool shit. This is a fun fucking show. You right. start to accept what they're presenting to you. But no fan who is not already a hardcore didn't come to that first dynamite program thinking to themselves, I'm gonna know exactly what to expect because they only knew about two or three people. Right. Now, fast forward, they've been on TV for two or three years, right? And they're supposedly the elite. They're the best talent in the world, correct? So we're three years deep. And who are the biggest stars on this program? Jericho, Moxley, Punk, Danielson, even fucking Claudio at this point is a bigger fucking star then Omega and the Bucks. And that's where it become that's where I said when they said this wasn't going to work, 
That's exactly where I said this would be the problem. When Omega and the Bucks were EVPs with AEW when they signed Jericho, who was already a fan and a friend, so he wasn't going to fuck the Bucks and he wasn't going to fuck Omega. When they brought in... Uh, well, Jer- uh, 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 Cody was already kind of a part of the team. Like I said, he was a part of the process. But when they started bringing in, like, Pac, they brought in Pac. Well, he's friends with the Bucks. And They're all in the camp. I said, everything is going to be Shangri-La right now because it's new and it's fresh. They hired a bunch of underneath indie guys who, granted, had nice followings on the, on, on the circuit and were hoping that that fandom would translate to television. And for a year, it worked out really well. But I said on the show, as soon as they get talent that is above them, there's a lot of talent above them, this will become a problem. You cannot have the person who is playing the game be the executive. Give all the shit you want to LeBron James. Well, he gets to pick his teammates. No, he doesn't. He pushes, he pokes, he prodders, he's he annoys, he phone calls, he texts, he does all he needs to do to make sure that management is understanding this is how I want things to go. LeBron but it's management's that, decision, see, not LeBron's. The, the thing is, is I disagree, but I absolutely agree with you at the same time. Because unfortunately, human beings are fucking idiots and assholes and pieces of shit. And things don't work the way that they're supposed to work. So we have to do what we got to do to get done what we got to get done. And to what all that means in actual language is the system could work, right? I'll give you an example. What system? Like, Four EVPs? No, no, no. The system is uh, what you said with, like, you can't be the EVP and the work. Okay, right? go ahead. Like, it can, but it can't. Because it, it can't because we're pieces of shit and we're selfish and all these other things. Like, temptation is hard to resist. But it can work if your mindset is, I'm going to use my shit in the right way to leverage the company, right? If you're a wrestler, but you're an EVP, your mentality shouldn't be about your accolades in wrestling. It should be the business. You benefit more from the business. So if you take L's every day from here on out, to but it's actively boosting other people, you do that. And that's how you leverage your status to better the company that you're an EVP for. You're above wrestling at that point. But unfortunately, that's just not how it works. It's just like my job where I work at Ikea and they have this system to get people to promote people. And I think it's a pretty good system. But when you get to my level, they call it a uh, mentor. It's like a mentorship where you're now the right-hand man of the boss, of our, of our boss. So we're all peers, and we have a boss right above us. When you get selected for that mentor program, you're somewhat like, like, like the chosen one to be next up, and like, even in other buildings to move up. You're the most experienced, whatever the case may be. The problem is, is now if you trust the system, you will put a lot of weight and a lot of uh, um, like a lot of significance in what their opinions, thoughts, and conversations are based on what's going on with the team. So your boss's idea of you could be based off of this guy's perception of you because it's his job to cover certain things so that 
you know, you're his right hand man. He's got to get that feedback from you and he's got to trust that feedback because he got to trust that you're in that position and you're going to do the right thing. But what happens when you have someone in that position that is selfish and thinks of himself above everything else, right? He could perceive something, give poor feedback that's incorrect to your boss. And now your boss sees you in a way that's not true. Do you, do you see, understand what I mean? I the do. And this, the funny part about it is, is if Kenny and the Young Bucks heard everything that you just said, they would tell you to your face, I agree 100% with you. The Where you're mixing it up from their point of view is what you just said earlier. You should be less worried about how much you succeed as a comparison to how much the business succeeds. And that's where they would tell you whether you have it mixed up. Because... If I succeed, I am the business. We are going to succeed because Kenny will tell you, I was the number one wrestler in the world in 2018 and 2019. I was covered at Pro Wrestling Illustrated's number one wrestler and most influential wrestler in the world. I was the one who did this. I was the one who did that. The Young Bucks, Tag Team of the Year, blah, 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 whatever. And they'll fucking give you all these accolades just to tell you that means that even though I am an EVP, I'm still, they say it all the time on television, we're the best, we've been the best tag team in the world for the last 10 years. So in their minds, they're telling you, if I'm the best tag team before I got this position, it only makes logical sense that I put myself on top. I'm part of the best tag team in the world. How should I not, how could I not be on top? That's why I tell you, because you're giving me a scenario that could make the system work. And what I'm telling you is, is that scenario will never fucking happen or exist. Oh, because because people, people who are in that position may, at best, will start out with the idea like they did. Kenny started, didn't start off. Kenny was the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion in New Japan. Opened up AEW and never even sniffed the title the first year. At best. He won the tag titles with Paige so that they could defeat, they could build up the tag team division. Okay, the Young Bucks, they didn't want to be the tag team that built up the division because that means that they would be the champion. It would be seen as putting the belts on themselves. So they took a back seat. They started losing to Private Party and Best Friends, also and Dark Order, just so they could put over the other guys. Cody did the same thing. I he lost a, he put himself in one title match. And made a stipulation that if he loses, he could never compete for the title again. That's what they did to start. Because they thought to themselves, if we come right out and put everything on us, everyone will think that we're just marks and we're booking for ourselves. So they waited a year. And then as soon as the year was up, guess what they did? They put themselves right back on top. Kenny Omega was champion for almost nine months. Young Bucks were the tag team champions for almost whatever, how many months? And they've been on, and they've all been in top spots ever since. They should have started that way, and then lost. But it, but they didn't start that way because they wanted to give the perception of what you described, that right. they were going to sacrifice their own success, so that the business would prosper. But right. that was never their intention. They knew from the minute, the minute that. People started getting over other than themselves. They were going to go right back into what they were doing before, which was cutting the nuts off of everyone else. And we're going to be on top, and no one's going to tell us any different because we're AVPs. And if Tony has a problem with it, which is the next point I'm going to make, and it's the final one because we're going to start wrapping this up soon, the person in all of this, 
Okay, because we've already alluded to the fight. We all know what happened. Everyone's heard the stories. We're late on this ourselves. Like I said, it all went down one week ago. So this whole thing has been analyzed up the wazoo, left, right, and down. I'm not going through the punch count of what happened. But what we do know for the the finalized version of this is Ace Steel no longer works with this company. He's asked for his release, and he's, he's gone. Punk was stripped of the championship due to injury. Because in the middle of all this, he tore his pec. So he's hurt. And so there's a real talk and scuttlebutt right now that he's negotiating terms with Tony Khan to maybe step aside and, and not do this anymore here with AEW. The EVPs have been stripped of, which I thought was hilarious that at All Out, <laughs> the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega won the trios titles and then A Steel almost single-handedly defeated all three of them in a real fight. So there, mm. go, there goes those belts. They've been stripped of those belts and, as of right now, indefinitely suspended. Um, that doesn't mean they won't be on TV in two weeks or two months or a year. We don't know. What we do know is that there's no time limit that's been set to their suspensions and they're gone uh, for now. And I don't think this program is going to look any more fucking different with them or without them. We should tell you all you need to know about their roles in this business and with that company. And if you're listening to this and you're in the industry and you're saying to yourself, AJ, man, you've really buried yourself here. You're not going to get a job at AEW. I don't give a fuck. As you can tell by my tone and answer, I ain't a fan of these fucks anyway. So it ain't going to sweat off my fucking back at all. And I can promise you this. Max Mercy and Rays don't give a fuck neither. So I ain't hurting nobody except feelings. Because facts are fucking facts. These aren't even opinions because... Facts are proven by by uh, by by precedent, by things, by actions that have been done. These fucking guys, I've met them. I have met them. I have worked with these. Not not Kenny. I haven't had a chance to work with Kenny, but I've done more than a few shows with the Bucks, and I'm straight. I'm good. <laughs> you you can have AEW. I don't give a fuck. I care not for any of that, because they for all the shit people will give Punk. He's two faced. He's hypocritical. Blah blah. blah. Punk is the kind of person that will tell you to your fucking face, I'm an asshole, and you're a piece of shit. The Bucks will look at you and tell you, you're fucking great, bro. And then go to anyone who will listen and tell them that you are the biggest piece of shit they've ever met. I'll take Punk over the Bucks any fucking day of the week. I would rather you curse me out and I curse you out and I slap you and you slap me and then we go get a beer and fuck some women. The Bucks will do none of those things. The Bucks, the Bucks will not curse you out. They'll talk shit about you behind your back. They'll go to Starbucks and order the the frappuccino, and then they'll go watch their wives get fucked by other men. Wow, that's what happens with the fucking with those people. That's why I laughed when I heard fight, fight, fight. They can fight. That's news to me. They can't wrestle, so I know they can't fight. <laughs> They've never wrestled a day in their fucking lives, so I know for a fact they can't fight. And when I, that's why I still believe to this day, I think they went into that locker room to curse him out. I don't think they went into that locker room for a fight, but a fight is what they found. So maybe it just, it just speaks comments to how gassed they were. They thought that they, they were think eat, they're unfucking touchable. To be fair, to be fair, like I said, I've worked with them in the past. 
They felt like that before they became EVPs. They always conducted themselves like they were big shit. They would come to my shows that I would work with the IWGP Junior Tag Team Championships or whatever the fuck. And they would go to the locker room and they would actually let people look at the belt. I got this from Japan and blah, blah, blah. And talk big shit. And then you would go and you would hear all these Japanese people talking about the fact that the Bucks were a joke. They didn't respect the Bucks over there. Ring of Honor was probably the one company. No, I can't even say that. PWG was a jerk-off fest. They loved the Bucks over there. Over in fucking Reseda. In some, I don't know, gymnasium somewhere over in Reseda, California. They fucking loved the Bucks over there. Everywhere else besides Reseda, California, mixed reviews. That's the way that it's always been. But they've mastered the art. I tell students at schools all the time, you want to get booked? You want to make a name for yourself in this business? Control the perception of what you are. Because that's what they do better than anyone else. They control the perception that they are great. They convince you that they're great. They go on TV and tell the world, we've been the best tag team in wrestling for 10 years. And I said last week, pick a year. Pick any year. Between 2010 and 2022, pick a year in which you thought they were the best. And I promise you, I can find a team that was better. They're not the best right now. They're not the best. Oh, my God. No, they're not even the best right now. They're not the best in their own fucking locker room. Yes. Which, by the way, let's not forget that people that you fuckheads are backing on this are the same team who hired FTR to fuck them. Okay? Bury them. Then when they fight through that and still get over, you do the sympathy job so people will, because they're booing you now. So you do the sympathy job, hoping to give the, 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 the wants and loves from the fans back again, and it doesn't work. So the match that should have happened, which is a, a third match for all the titles, that you know based on popularity and usefulness you're going to lose, you back out of that. You pull Kenny off of his hospital bed because he's not ready to fucking return and throw him on a team with you to be a trios tag team champion, and that reign lasted 45 fucking minutes. Because then you go to a locker room and get your ass kicked for real, and they strip you of the titles. Bad week for the Bucks. Nick Jackson took a chair to the fucking ocular bone, and they took his fucking belt from him. Kenny Omega has a wrap on his arm because a rabid animal from Chicago tried to tear his tendons out of his fucking forearm. <laughs> and Matt Jackson is still trying to figure out where the fuck his life is because Punk rocked him so hard from the left that he's dizzying over to his right. That's another thing that just blows my mind. Like, you gotta stop letting people who sit on their couch gas you. That's the one thing that I, I, I want... I know this sounds stupid, but I want to make sure I always, I teach my kids to never let people gas you. Assess the situation because people talk so much shit. Oh yeah, about Punk. This dude is MMA trained. He may not have. They won really a thought fight, they could beat this but he is a trained real. killer. You do understand this, yeah. right? They he really thought. The they really thought because of YouTube comments shit that they were going to beat up Punk. Anybody. They really thought that. 
I just want to make sure that you, that you, you as the person understands where I'm coming from, where these motherfuckers just walked into a trained, not for two days. This dude trained for like a couple years yeah. before his first fight. And yeah, maybe he didn't size, size up. But I'll tell you something right now. A fucking uh, college, uh, college basketball player or someone who failed miserably in the, N- in the NBA will dunk all over high school players. So the fact that they walked into a room with, with a guy who was literally trained to beat the shit out of people and thought that they were just going to yell at someone they is were the raised, funniest part. They were raised in the suburbs of California. They grew up with a pool in the backyard. They've never been a, in a fight in their lives. And then they come into a business situation where, first of all, as businessmen, they're the executive vice presidents. Secondly, they've got the man advantage. They've got the three in the three-on-two situation. They, I promise you, I will give you my life savings. I will bet. I will put that on the table. When they walk through that door, they did not think for a second that a fight was going to happen. They thought they were going to go in there, swing their dicks around, and Punk and Ace were just going to sit there and take it. Because that's what everyone else does. I have physically seen them give people shit and they just eat it. So this is a literal, a literal definition. I wish we had footage because I would put it on the footage. This is a literal definition of what happens when you fuck around find out. and you find the fuck out <laughs> that shit ain't as sweet as you thought it was. And here's the ultimate salt in the wound. The biggest pussy in all of this, and this is really where I'm blackballed for life now, but fuck it. Tony Khan, in all of this, is the biggest pussy in the entire equation. And this is another, when I'm right, I'm right, and I wish people would give me more credit. You cannot give people freedom to do whatever the fuck they want to do. Because nine times out of ten, what they want to do is fucking stupid. And can get you in a lot of fucking trouble. I didn't hear anybody discussing the legal ramifications of what we're talking about. Punk has a track record. A precedent has already been set. Punk went to court with the WWE. And won twice when he beat the doctor and when he won over his independent contractor status. Punk won twice when his best friend took him to court for money. He won again. So let's back up for a second. Only an asshole because he's right. And And that's why he always wins because he's telling you the truth you're refusing to hear it yeah but he's telling you the truth the minute that omega and young bucks walked through that door the legal obligation was on them not punk why do you think punk threw the first fucking punch it is immediately in the eyes of the law self-defense three on two with the verbiage i'm sure that was coming out of their fucking mouths Witnessed by so many people in a public forum? That's legal liability. 
And that's and for Tony's situation, who's the owner of this company, your EVPs are the one throwing punches. Even if, even in a situation where if Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks were pissed, and they were just in a locker room, no one in it, and CM Punk walks into their locker room to curse them out, and fucking swings on all three of them, as the owner of the company. And I, I don't want my EVPs, even if they get punched in the face, you don't throw a punch back at all. You don't do anything. We will handle this in litigation. I will take every penny he has, and I will distribute it evenly amongst you. You're all going to get paid, but you don't throw that punch because you're the executive. That's legal liability. And that's in the situation where Punk's the aggressor. They walked into Punk's locker room and came looking for a goddamn fight. Right. So, who do you think? And this is why I say we're not having this conversation enough about Punk's side of things. Punk hasn't said anything yet, but I wonder if it's in his head and if it's a part of these negotiations now with Tony. Because if we're looking for some sort of financial end to his contract, if CM Punk is saying, I don't want to be here anymore, these fucking pussies, I'm done with this shit, I want to go. And Tony goes, well, I've got you signed in for, I don't know, two, three more years, whatever the fuck the contract is. Mm-hmm. If I'm punk, I now have in my pocket, no, you're going to let me go right now. You're going to give me the full length of my contract numer- uh, financially, and I'm going to go home. Or I'm going to take this to court, and I'm going to take you, your company, and the three of them to the fucking cleaners. Right. Push me. See what happens. Because that's the, again... The EVPs are not thinking about that because they don't give a fuck about Tony Khan and they don't give a fuck about AEW. They were worried about their reputations. They were worried about their feelings because how dare anybody go on camera in front of the media and tell the world that they're empty-headed fucks and couldn't manage a target? (laughs) How about that? That was apparently so fucking heartfelt to them and so hurtful, they had to confront his ass about it at 1 o'clock or 2 o'clock in the fucking morning in the arena. If you're an EVP, if you know you're responsible for the liability of a company, you don't do stupid shit like this. All they did was prove all of Punk's points perfectly to a T. They're children, and they don't fucking get it. And they don't deserve to be in that fucking position. Period. And the only reason they're even in it or still in it is because Tony has fucking allowed it. Look at the individuals that are backstage right now. Jim Ross, Arn Anderson, Jerry Lynn, Dean Malenko. Here are some names who would be fucking perfect to be EVPs. I gave you all three replacements right there for Kenny Omega and the Bucks. But you know what would happen if you replaced Kenny Omega and the Bucks with Jim Ross, with Dean Malenko, and with Arn Anderson, and with Jerry Lynn? You know what would happen? Not only would they not be pushed, they probably wouldn't be on the fucking roster right now. And they know that. Yeah, well, where they luck out is I don't think those people want those people. No, they don't, because look at the children they'd have to be in charge of. Yeah. There's no fucking professionals here. And the ones who are professionals and the one making the complaints and the one who is telling people out loud that these people are jokes 
are being called crybabies and whiners. That's the thing on the internet about punk. What a crybaby. Are you fucking serious? It's a fucking joke. And now we have a tournament to crown a new champion, which is going to escalate and finalize here in New York at Grand Slam in Queens. And guess who's in the first round? The one I guy? Thought, I told you uh-huh. that I, it would have been the utmost hilarity if Adam Page won this tournament. And, <laughs> and here's the funny thing. Look at the list of people. CM Punk, Ace Steel, Kenny Omega, both Young Bucks, Christopher Daniels, Nako, uh, 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 Nakazawa, uh, Cutler, uh, and, and probably even more that we don't know because they did, probably didn't make it public, right? Because it, it was a big fracas. It was a big thing. There was a lot of people involved in this. All facing some sort of punishment. And I know you're going to say, well, they're facing punishment because of a fight. Who caused the fight? Oh, Punk with his words. Who pissed off Punk? Where does this generate from? Where does the seeds all start from? And the one person not being involved in any of this is Hangman Adam Page, who started all this. He's the one who provoked. He's the one who poked. He's he's the one who interjected. Yeah, that's why I put that status up about, you know, there's a fight. And I put that Lucy Liu picture of her with her pearls. Oh, my Lord. What's all this? What's happening here? What's up? Oh my goodness! It's getting crazy in here, bitch! It was you. Don't say, don't do that. <laughs> if anything, not for nothing, Adam. And this is a personal message to you. Forever, hear the more. You are a pussy in my eyes, because for everything, I think that was Punk's point. Everything that you've said about Punk, and everything that Punk said about you, and the person that threw the punch. Were the fucking Young Bucks? Not the Cowboy shit? Not Mr. Cowboy? Not Mr. Tough Guy? Not Mr. Big shit? It was the Bucks? Now, granted, the Bucks were fighting for their own honor and reputation. They weren't fighting for you. But you've had plenty of opportunity to throw your hand. A real Cowboy would have snuffed them day one. Just so we're clear, Mr. Cowboy. With no microphone. That shit would have been on site. A cowboy would have swung. Cowboys don't go into the ring in front of everybody and bitch and moan and complain and then leave it at that. That's not cowboy shit. Okay? And now, when Punk came back at you, you didn't even have a response. Some random ass tweet that was veiled in passive aggressiveness. Use a bitch. (laughs) <laughs> and now the whole world knows because your bitch card was pulled not once now but twice and you've yet to respond. And now Tony Khan is going to reward the bitch assness by putting you in this tournament and if he fucking wins He's not. He's already knocked out. Did he? Yes. It happened over. Who, I, I, I felt weird sporting that but then I remembered who I'm talking to. Yes, yeah. He lost the first round. To, what was that Danielson? Who do you wrestle? Yes, Danielson. Daniel. Okay, alright. Yes. Daniels. There you go. That, and that's one of the main reasons why I saw that. I, I actually want you to watch this AEW. It's there. It's there. I'm going to watch it. it. Yeah, I'm going to watch it. actually a lot of loaded promos in my eyes. I, yeah. I, and I want you to decipher it for me because maybe I'm overthinking it. But it feels like there's a lot of loaded promos. And it literally starts. The, the whole thing starts with one from Moxley. Yeah, and, and I saw and the, I, I did see the Moxley one. I saw that on YouTube. 
Okay. That and was to me loaded. Am I reading to, that wrong? No, no. No, no, no. Like he's actually pissed that he's like he, he's like the guy that's like your top tier dude who's not being looked at for some reason and now all this bullshit happening and he's sitting there like, "Hello." Well, he's he's spent a whole career being the safe guy to go to. And he was pissed for two reasons. A, All Out was supposed to be his last match till like for like two months or something like that. He was he supposed said to go on, about vacation. Being on vacation. Yeah, that was confirmed publicly before All Out that he was going to take a vacation. So he was supposed to be gone. Now here's the deal. In this is a shoot, Punk's one of Punk's favorite people on planet Earth, who's in his circle of friends, which is not a very big circle as it is, is Renee Young, who's Moxie's wife. They have a friendship there. But from what I understand, while it's... They're on okay terms, I guess. Mox and Punk haven't always been the best of friends fucking either. Right? It's good or bad, 50-50, whatever. On the fence. Right. You okay? can be friends with my wife. And yeah, I it's, it's whatever. And they're probably friends themselves, too. They probably talk. They have a very similar style. I don't so know. I don't really like, take Moxley as a guy who, like, he might have one friend he drinks a beer with. Yeah. Like, I really don't see Moxley it's, as the guy that has bros. It's Seth and Roman, and then, like, you can you can kind of, like, leave it or take it with the rest of them, right? I know for a fact Seth and Roman, he thinks those are his best, 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 best friends. Best mm-hmm. friends. Yeah, but brothers. Like what you're talking about. Yeah. Guys are just about their own bag and yeah. about their situation. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Big boy and, shit. And... So, so yeah, Moxie's irritated about that, but Moxie's also irritated because, and Moxie has a very good point, and I and I think we can go deeper on that, on the point that he's trying to make. We want this locker room to be different than the other one, and all it really did was become kind of the same thing, just on a lower scale. And I don't think Moxley's only mad at Punk. I think he's also mad at the other guys too. I think he's mad at several people and for the first time in I don't know AEW history I'm actually behind Jericho as well because Jericho has also been very vocal about the fact that both parties should not it should not have gotten here and I know and I keep saying out loud we need to be talking more about Adam Page because the other two guys are not but if Adam was thrown into the tournament because he was a former champion because it was all former champions uh, if he was thrown into the tournament because he was a former champion, but he did get beat um, early on, okay, that might be a good way to use him. We'll see how he goes from here. But not enough people are talking about what Adam did. And Adam started this, all of this. We're not here if Adam Page just minds his own fucking business and worries about himself. And for Moxley and Jericho to be so truthful and just open about the fact that we don't want to be them. We want to have a platform where we could all be creative and do our own things. And that's easy for Jericho and Moxley to say because at least subjective, love them or hate them, they have some level of creativity and spontaneity to them. There's a lot of guys on this roster that don't. And it's a lot of garbage. And considering how, many, how much garbage is on here and how many eagles on here, the guy in charge is the one who really just has a big problem right now. A big, big problem because he's not a boss. He's an owner. 
He's a, what is what the, what the fuck did they put on his nameplate? Owner, uh, general manager. He had like all these fucking titles that all mean the same fucking thing. It's like saying that the next match is a no holes, no disqualification street fight. It's all the same shit. <laughs> They're having a donut, donut, donut match. It's all you just you just doing the same thing. He's the guy in charge. He's signing the checks. He's making the decisions. He has made it clear that he's not bringing anyone in to help him with anything. It's just going to be him. But this prison is being ran by the prisoners. And this is my final point in saying what I, I hate being right about negative shit. Criticize me as a person all that you want. Criticize me as a talent all that you want. The one thing you could never say about whenever I was in charge of a company, we didn't have drama, everyone got paid, the wrestling was good, and all of the wrestlers went somewhere. Didn't know at the time, you know, in the very, very beginning of things, how that would work itself out, but it did. And that's me on a lower level. Say what you want about Vince McMahon. That he's out of touch, that he creatively didn't have it anymore, that his age was fogging him from seeing the talent level of certain people. You can criticize his actions all you want. But everyone in that locker room knew who the boss was. Right. And knew what would happen if you stepped out of the line that you were supposed to be in. In the WWE, you had a forum to speak. You may not always be heard. It may not always go where you want. It may not work out for the best. But there was a direct system that you had to function in. And that's what it was. And now there are people who got out of that system. And now has the freedom to do what they will. And they're starting to learn. That sometimes. That system is fucking necessary. Yeah. To do what you said earlier, which was get the business where it needed to be. Because that's the biggest problem. This company has the potential to be really, 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 really great. But you can't have 30 people driving the car. It's impossible. You can't give everybody creative freedom. You can't give everyone a microphone and a platform to speak. You can't give everyone power. Because they will abuse said power to the umph degree. And now... You not only have drama in your backstage, you don't have just people yelling at each other and make, creating a toxic environment. Nick got his eye crushed. There's a problem. Nick Jackson got swung on. El Kenny Omega got bit on by a rabid animal who will soon, I'm going to message him, will soon be my best friend. Because <laughs> if I'm ever in a fucking fight, Ace Steel is my Hulk. I'm, bringing, I'm calling in a Hulk. Because he will bite you at the knees. This motherfucker don't care about your life at all. You piss a steel off in any way, that is an exact acceptance of forfeiture of your life. He is saying to you, so you've chosen violence is what you've done. And he will destroy you physically, spiritually, and mentally. There's nothing more degrading than to not even get your ass kicked by a grown man, but just to be gnawed on and bit on by a grown fucking man. There's something, there's an element of disrespect to that. That I think is going to be, everybody else is hurt, but Kenny's hurt on the inside. He's just yeah. like, 
He he swung on you, man. At least he gave you the decency as a man to swing on you. This motherfucker bit me on the goddamn arm and wouldn't let go. I heard they had to put shit in Ace's mouth to get him unlocked from the arm. This you know, mother- jaw. Listen, my man went full pit bull. And that don't mean Mr. 305, Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> Mr. Worldwide. Okay. He 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 went full teeth, not full pop music bachata or whatever he does over there. This shit is a, and here goes people on the internet. Ah, it's all the work. Yeah, I don't know about that, brother. A work? Yeah, because that's. We'll save this for another time. We do have to get out of here, but yeah, it's good. it's uh, tell me again that kayfabe is not a real thing, please. It's it's like no one reverse. knows. It's reverse. It's a reverse kayfabe. It's a reverse, yeah. It's like, it's so not kayfabe that when it's, that's why I tell you all the time to clear this up for yeah. me. Is this real? We work, I don't know. we used to work and they believed it was real. Now it's real and everyone believes everything is a fucking work. Mm-hmm. So it is what it is. So I feel like this is obvious. Now. Next, next, well, it's obvious in the sense of like, they're not here. I think people forget the point of the work. Being there's tournaments to take the belt. Yeah, there, there's a point. I don't think people understand what work is. If this was a work, that means you're building up suspense to something. We're still supposed to see them. That's part of the work. That's capitalizing on something. Yeah. If an incident happens and then months go by without even acknowledging it happened, like MGF came back. Have they talked about what happened? No. Have they harped back? No. Have they brought it back to your did attention you so you can follow? Promo? No. I did see that promo, which, again, YouTube, and, and that's, you know, it's MJF being MJF. It's whatever. I'm unimpressed at this point. You, you're unimpressed? No. I, 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 I'm, I'm over him. I'm over him, to be honest with you. It's just, it's, bleh. What? I, uh, yeah. I said Okay, it. fair enough. Another day. Another day. Uh, next week. Yeah, let's leave that cliffhanger out there for people to be like, did he really just say that? Yes. Yeah, fuck? no, because I, I definitely want your brain. I want to pick your brain. I, I, and I will. I was actually not in pr- another day. Another day. Next week, uh, well, today, actually, yesterday, today, and tomorrow was the D23 Expo for Disney. A lot of stuff came out yesterday, and I wanted to talk about some of it today, but then more stuff is coming out today, more stuff tomorrow. Didn't another feel. Day. Didn't feel right to do it in the middle, so let it. I'm gonna let it all happen, and then I'll put some notes together throughout the week. It's gonna yeah. be Disney Week next week. Okay, we're doing all things Disney. That's gonna be our theme for next week. So, should be fun. Actually, also if we could figure out a time, might have another guest with us. Okay. To really get you know deep, deep, deep into this. So, uh, got it off our chest. So, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for sharing. And of course, you know now that I've gotten better at that tagline at the end, the show ends. So, how about that? I finally got it together, and I'm leaving it. Oh, well. And uh, thanks for enjoying. See you guys next week. We're doing Disney next week. See you next week. This is my daddy's 200th episode. If you love the soul, buy some T-shirts, mugs, tank tops, beats to house, phone cases. Go to H-A-O-U-N.com. This is my daddy's 200th episode. This still keeps him busy. And he's not playing with me. So stop listening. Well, but he's actually playing with me, so I won't fight.